Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. We're episode 149 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbardin, and who's with me tonight? My name is Bill, the subcon Stan. And Bill, where can people find you at? Oh, we're doing that now. Oh, <laughs> I'm yeah. so used to different. <laughs> I'm the uh, host of A Gamer Looks at 40, a um, podcast retrospective of the history of games as told through the stories of everyday people. I'm sure I'll talk about more about it later, but yeah, A Gamer Looks at 40. And our special guest. Hello, I'm CJ, uh, otherwise known as Chris Johnston. I am uh, looking for justice for Wart currently <laughs> in, uh, in my part-time. That's, that's a part-time job that I have on Twitter. And I host the Player One podcast every week at playeronepodcast.com. And I also do a podcast about video game podcasting called Second Player. <laughs> Which I've luckily been on once. You have indeed. <laughs> well, thank you, too, for joining me. And before we go too far, I just wanted a couple things I want to mention. One, we do have a Patreon for games my mom found. You can, we, are, we have a Christmas movie poll at the, at the moment. You can debate. You can decide what movie we're going to cover, Nightmare Before Christmas, Home Alone, a Christmas Story, or Elf, unfortunately. So you get to pick which one I have to suffer through. There's only one of those I really want to watch. So uh, Elf, unfortunately, I think we already know your opinion of that movie. <laughs> I don't like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just make people vote for it, but that's fine. I've seen it before a few times. Yeah, I, I, I am looking forward to this because I love Christmas movies and Christmas. I'm a big dork. I'm a Christmas dork. I know I have every I admit that openly. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to whatever pops out of that list. Of they're all pretty good movies. Probably any one of those. <laughs> nah, most likely. And we are here to talk about Super Mario Brothers 2. that came out in 1988 in America. Yep. A game that I have for NES made by Nintendo, a game that I have played a few times and have not liked up until this most recent playthrough. What? I have never been a fan of this game, no matter how many times I heard people, I don't know. Like both of you, talk great about it. I'm like, man, I did not enjoy it. I played it three years ago, right before the podcast on an emulator, and I just didn't. I played it before, but I didn't like it, and I finished it, and then I played it on the Switch's Rewind, and I actually had a good time, but that's Rewind. Mm. Well, let me ask you this. Your experience with Mario games before going to Mario 2, what what was that? What was your Mario lineage before you died, You dove into this game? Mario World, Mario World, Yoshi's Island, Mario 64, probably even, God, what's after Mario Sunshine, which I didn't play much, Mario 3, Mario 1. <laughs> Mario 2 was the last one I got around to playing. So very typical Mario mechanics. So I can totally understand yeah. why... When playing this, you'd be like, what the heck is this game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, the first time I actually had played this game was not on the NES. It was the Mario All-Stars version. Of oh, my first okay. Game. Which I like. I like the Mario All-Stars version quite a bit. There's actually a couple of little um, improvements, I think, to it. Um, there's one big one, actually. But it's interesting, like CJ is saying, if you, if you play a lot of Mario and then jump into this, you are going to be confused. It's just kind of, it's not what you expect, right? But I think what is there is fantastic and a lot of it better than Mario 3. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> just going to say that now. So get the torches out, y'all. CJ, what was your experience with it? Oh, I played it when it came out. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> and I, at the time, you know, none of us knew that it wasn't actually a released as a Mario game. So I accepted it as the one true Mario sequel because I <laughs> love Super Mario Brothers. It was the game that got me in, back into video games and, uh, you know, seeing Mario 2 was just like, oh, my God, this is everything I'd ever wanted in a, a new Mario game. And they they did it. I can't believe it. So I, I was all in 
from the very beginning. And this that for was me, also yeah. Oh, go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. An NES thing to have your sequel be completely different. Zelda two, mm-hmm. for example, Castlevania yeah. two, for another yeah. example. Like that's a normal thing at this time in games. Yeah, that's a very good point. For me, this was the first Mario game I owned. I never had Mario Brothers um, as a kid. My copy, my version of the NES had didn't have a game coming with it. It had no packing game. <laughs> so, so I had um, Rad Racer and Baseball because my mom and dad got me those with my Nintendo. And I, this was the first game I bought with my own money. Like I had my mom hunt out for this. It took me like six months to get it because when it first came out, you could not find this game. It was the sequel to Mario Brothers. You know, it was very hard to find. So this was the first Mario, first game I purchased with my own money. Again, giving my mom birthday money. Here, buy me this. And man, I adore it. I adore it. And a lot of people would listen to that and say, well, that's why you like it so much. It's your nostalgia. Oh, no. There's lots of things I played as a kid and I look at now and think are terrible. Like baseball. That game's a terrible game. But we'll get into that, obviously, as we go on. But that was my, my, my experience. I played it, yeah, when it came out. You know, it's funny that you talk about not getting it at launch. You know, this was a time when there were a lot of component shortages and games like Zelda 2 and Mario 2 were sort of very hard to find. And this was part of my experience as well. And you, I don't know about you guys, but there would be weekend sales circulars in the paper back when everybody got a newspaper. <laughs> so in the Midwest, we had, um, you know, Toys R Us and Child Child World was another toy store and they had a weekend circular and in this the particular weekend that i was able to get the game they had the game pictured in their circular and it was like we're gonna have it on this date you know supplies may vary by store or whatever and uh, my best friend convinced his parents to drive over to child world at open or before open i also convinced my parents let's drive over there when the store opens so we can get Mario too. <laughs> my parents were very late in, in getting over there, but my friend's parents had gotten over there in time. They had gotten in line and they bought the last two copies of super Mario brothers two. Mm. And they had one, one of those copies for me. And I was like, Oh my God. Thank wow. you. <laughs> like my so parents good. left late. We were in the parking lot of the child world when my friend's <laughs> parents were coming out with the games. And but I'll never forget, like this, this guy's a, a good friend of mine, best friend uh, when we were growing up. And part of it is based on the fact that, you know, he was able to get Super Mario Brothers 2 for me. <laughs> That's a cool story. Well, naturally, I, right? Yeah, I couldn't get this game. I didn't have an NES as a kid because, well, one, I'm a little younger than you guys. But also, like, I try to get an NES, but my my dad's like, you have a certain Nintendo, you don't need NES. But I'm like, Mega Man, and mm. I, <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> but I, so I always like, you know, I hear people have like these stories about any like Mario, you know, early Mario games and NES. Like, I can't compare that because I, I mean, I remember wanting to play NES games, but like, I just I didn't have one. So I was like, so my first experience with Mario Two was the All Stars version that I got at like a flea market or something. I think I. Mm. I vaguely remember going to some kind of like convention, but I know it wasn't a convention, so probably like a flea market or something of like that. And someone selling me Super Mario, uh, Super Mario All Stars is how I first played too. And I, you know, I like that All Stars version. It has a nice little coat of paint. There's also some again some refinements. Um, the number one being uh, you you are actually allowed to select your character after every death, as opposed to every game over. Oh, I didn't know um, that. Yeah, it's really great. <laughs> it's it's really encourages experimentation and different ways to approach a problem. So. That's the biggie for the All-Stars version. So I played this game wrong because that's how I play most games. <laughs> yeah. So in my version, it only had one character, just Mario, when I played. 
Oh, come <laughs> for one level where I used Peach to to get to float over something because I couldn't figure out how to get there with the bombs, and I just said screw it. Other than I beat the whole game with Mario just because I that's how I play. Uh, but the <laughs> variation, you know. <laughs> So what Mike is, is Mike is the kind of guy that has like one tool in his toolbox. Like he has an entire shed. There's just a hammer in there. And he's the hammer for everything. He's like cutting down trees with a hammer. He's like oh, drilling geez. holes with a hammer. That's that's my man. When I play Dead Space, <laughs> I only use a plasma cutter. I will not touch another weapon in Dead Space. It just doesn't. It's just. <laughs> I mean, I play games. I will admit, I normally play as Mario, but there are a couple levels where I play either as Luigi or as Toad. Is Toad considered like the best character in this game? I think by some people. No, oh, he's princess. much faster. Anyway. Princess is princess is easy mode. You can <laughs> run princess the whole game, and you can fly through half of it. Well, in the game that's, that's a, in, with a platforming game where the where the biggest challenge is is timing, right, and where you're placing your jumps. When you have a character that removes that, so you can just kind of <laughs> float around the jump and land, or just float over the jumps completely. Yeah, Princess, I mean, I this time around when I played it last night, I tried to use a variety, but once I got to like 4-2, I just used Princess the whole time because I'm like, yeah, I've done non-Princess runs where I don't use her because she is such an easy mode. But you can actually bypass entire levels. There's one in particular, oh. I think it's in World 5, where there's a ledge that looks like it leads out to nowhere. If you just float over that ledge, you end up at the end of the stage and you just, you just walk to the end of the stage. It's just over. So again, for time, I did that last night. But yeah, Princess is my, that's my main. But the thing about this game is, you know, you pick the princess, you try her out. She's terrible at picking up coins or anything out of the ground. She does have the float, but you have to have that experimentation. You have to know that there's that shortcut there. Like Mm -hmm. if you jump off there, that there's something there. Otherwise, (laughs) it wouldn't be easy mode necessarily. Like, yes, you can float over a lot of things, but you still have to time those jumps. You have to do the super jump and float like it still requires some mastery. Yeah, I agree with that. I just think that again in a platforming game, where again the the whole goal is to have is accuracy and precision in jumping, removing the need to be accurate removes a lot of the challenge. I think. Um, but you have a very good point, right? You have to know how to use the tool, right? So I think Toad's pretty great. Obviously, we can talk about the different characters. Mario well, obviously like, is. Oh, go ahead, please. Does Peach jump higher than Mario, or no. is she the? She's no. the third highest jumper. So Toad is the worst jumper. Okay. But he has the the strength so he can pull up the vegetables faster. He's great if you know you have areas with lots of um, coins that you can go into the, the subcon level or the whatever the flip level. Mario is the every man. He does, you know, everything averagely. He's the hammer in the group. Right. <laughs> yep. Luigi jumps high and he has decent strength. Um, and then of course Peach, she can float, but she's very weak. She cannot pull things up fast. Yeah, okay. that's kind of like where it lands. That's why I went with Mario this playthrough and every playthrough of this game, because I, I like to pick a character as average. Like, I know, like, Luigi, he jumps higher, but his little legs go flying. I don't like how he doesn't handle He handles a little bit like he's on ice. I know it's not terrible, but I just I don't like it. And he's bigger, so he's a bigger target. So I like Mario because mm. he's smaller and fatter. Mm. <laughs> no, that's interesting. And I like average stuff in games. I will always go toward whoever the average character is in any type of game if I can. I will. I just that's where I'll go. I don't know why. <laughs> Mike is like, I'm sorry. I can't keep getting over it. Mike is like, I love just plain old saltine crackers. Just give me all <laughs> the crackers. Give, yeah, give me all the saltine crackers. Would you like that dipped in something? No, just saltine crackers are fine. I understand it, though, because in Street Fighter 2, I'm a Ryu and Ken guy. Like yeah, those are sure. those are the two I go to, and that that's pretty yeah. much it. I'm not 
not playing as Dalsim, so. <laughs> no, not many Zangief uh, mains out there. No, I mean, no. <laughs> I'm not teasing Mike about it, obviously. I just, oh, you're right, play as, play as you want to play, and that's that's fair. And there is value to having just that introductory average character that everyone does well. But it is, but again, playing with just the plasma cutter in Dead Space, that's a little, oh, no. That's <laughs> that was for the achievement originally when I was an achievement horror. And that then makes it sense. Kind of, it didn't leave. Yeah, if you're <laughs> I'm for about achievements anymore. I get it. I get it. Uh, I think there were a couple instances in this game where on the first playthrough, like I would get to a stage where there was clearly some area I needed to jump up high to get to. So I would if if I died on that level or had to restart, I would then pick Luigi to to try and, and do something different. You know, in my first playthroughs before the Internet, before we learned what the right quote unquote way to play was, <laughs> I experimented a lot more between the four yeah. characters. Oh, totally. I same same as well. Um, and I still have the I still have the character. Well, up until like the fourth level. Then after that, I usually kind of forget and I just play with it. But I still know exactly what I used to run when I was a kid. You know, the same <laughs> kind of like Mario at first, then Luigi, then Toad, and et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. And the great thing back then, I don't know about you guys, was you know before the internet, before YouTube, before you could like watch ahead and anything, you'd get these playground rumors like, mm. oh, World Four is an ice world and there are whales there and all this stuff. And it was like blowing my mind as, as an 11 year old at the time. It's like, I can't believe it. Cause I hadn't gotten to that stage yet. And video games in general, cause I don't know about you guys. I had a lot less time per day because of school and all that to devote to a particular game. So I wouldn't get as far in these games. And of course there was no like battery save or anything like that. Right. Maybe there was, but uh, I, I had to replay each time. So I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, completely finishing the game in one day, which I think if I played this today, I probably would be able to finish it in one day, less than yeah. a day. It's short. Yeah, I sat, yeah, I sat down with it. Sorry. Yeah, I sat down with it last night and I fi- finished it in about an hour and I did all the levels I didn't do to warp zones. It's one of those games where if I'm at a gaming convention and they have it there, I sit down and play it and finish it just because I'm like, oh, this feels good. This is it. Wait, my feet. Yeah. There's warp zones in this game? Oh, yeah, there's warp zones. Oh, I've never yeah, noticed them. them all the times I played this game. I played it a few times on the All-Stars version when I was a kid. I used to play it. I never knew there was warp zones in this game. And that was another thing where before there were, like, hint guides, <laughs> I didn't know that there were warp zones either. So I had been playing, like, straight through. <laughs> yeah. And you find out there's a warp zone. It's like, oh, my God, I can get to World 4, like, super quick. That is cool. Yeah. And that's how I speed through it because... You can do in, in level one, one, three, you can grab a potion and all the warp zones are in. You have to go down a, not a pipe, but you know, a, a vase, a vase. There you go. Vase. That's a, yeah, like a vase or a vase or whatever. Right. You have to go into subcon or the flip world and then go down the, the vase to get to the warp zone. So you take the last potion that's right before the big tower. But if you take it all the way to the right past the door, you'll see a vase kind of sitting there on its own on the right. Drop it there. Go down that pipe. You go to world four. And then the World 4 Warp Zone is in 4-2 with the whales. There's a section where, if as you're going across, you'll see a... It's really... I don't think you can get it without Peach. I think you must have Peach to do this. I don't know how you would do it without so. Um, but there's an outcropping that has a vase underneath that's like kind of conspicuous. Like, how are you going to get under there? If you walk over there with a potion in hand and then float underneath that outcropping and drop it there, you'll get into there. And I think that takes you to 6. It does. And then yeah. 6 to 7. And you can do it without Peach. Oh, can you? Yep. I think you have to go around, so you have to go past it and then back. Okay. If I remember cool, yeah. I, and I, you I, also have to yeah. have a very accurate jump. 
because mm. the jumps, some of the jumps in this game are uh, require precision platforming. Yes. I think that's another reason I didn't like it when I was younger, because I was I'm not good at platformers. <laughs> not at all. Like, I actually have never beaten Mario Brothers 3. I've never beaten Mario Brothers 1 still to this day. I've only beaten this game with rewind or save states. I'm just it's not my I'm not good at those. Type of games. I like them, but I can't play them well. So I think that was another reason why I was always not a fan of Mario 2 when I was a kid, because it's the jumps are not easy. Some of these jumps are not easy and the game kicked my ass. Yeah. Yeah, I could totally understand that, especially later on. Like there are a lot of areas where it almost requires you to take a hit mm. and that can be annoying in platformers. Sure can. The most annoying for me in that with the platforming is six two, which is where all the albatrosses, those birds, you basically have to just hop from bird to bird to bird in order to traverse this giant chasm. So you have to have that precision platforming. Yep. Of course, unless you have peach in which you just float over <laughs> things and be done with it. But <laughs> it is cool, though, that you can ride yeah. enemies in this game and it doesn't kill I them. That. I think as a kid, I don't like I was like, OK, this is different, especially when I had seen all the other Mario games before I had known that this was a a remake reskin of a different game. So, I mean, I, I, to me, I, I like that more now as an adult when I'm when I went and replayed it. I'm like, I like the fact that I can jump on enemies and I can ride them like ride a bird or I can pick up a little shy guy and throw him at another shy guy or throw him at nothing and watch him come back at me. That doesn't yeah. annoy me, but it's still cool. Yeah, and another thing about that is just the bosses in this game that throw things at you that you can then pick up and <laughs> stuff back in their face, literally, at the end. <laughs> God, yeah. the Birdles. I mean, because this is the first game where we get Birdles in Mario, which become a mainstay from then on. And I guess it didn't really... Do- I mean, I know when a kid, I you know, we didn't know. But it's like, I love Birdles. I had never played the... I played the NES version today before the episode, and I never knew that you can see the crystal ball inside their stomach. Mm-hmm. because of pixels because i'm always used to the the snes version where you, they, you can't see that you just see it after you throw the eggs in our face oh, okay oh really huh yeah interesting well, then, that is interesting because towards the very very end there are birdos that don't have anything because they're just there to to block your progress i, I will say one yeah i will say that there is a um what i really like about just the mechanics of picking up and throwing is it's so kinetic and it's extremely satisfying to pick up a vegetable and clunk something in the head with it. Like just that crunchy clunk feels so good. And then when you can chain them, because the one one of Mario Brothers two is a masterpiece. It is just a masterpiece of game design. And now it teaches you everything, and it, it lays everything out in such a way where you can learn everything you need to know about the game in one left level, basically. It introduces the verticality, which again is something that Mario Brothers two does amazing, and the Mario three does not. Is that idea of that climbing, right? Like the climbing into the clouds, that that verticality is just fantastic. And again, the one one I just want to talk about for two seconds. When you open that, when you turn that game on and you just drop from the ceiling out of a door from nowhere. I I don't know. As a kid, I remember just kind of like not knowing what to do with that. (laughs) What what do I do with this? I'm just falling. And then, of course, you fall and you learn that. There is verticality in this game. And man, the first time you clunk something in the head with a vegetable and then it just changed that clunk. I don't know. I don't think there's anything as satisfying in a Mario 3 game, Mario 3, as that. It just feels so damn good. I agree. Plus, like, not only that, when you chain them, they become like a kind of like a line of enemies that are now upside down and just floating down to the bottom of the screen. (laughs) Not only is the sound great, but just like seeing that lineup of enemies as they float downward is so satisfying. And then sometimes, of course, you'll you'll have the POW block as well. Mm -hmm. And that is a Mario power up from from the original Mario Brothers days. 
but to have that come back and have that used as it is is also so satisfying to just clear a room by just chucking that thing at the ground. And one other thing I will just speak a ton of sugar about is if you, the, especially in that first one one, if you're if you're slick enough and you're running fast enough, you can hit one of those baddies with a vegetable, and then you can kind of pick that up on the other side. You kind of almost skip over that bad guy as he's falling, and then pick that same vegetable up. And now you're you're just Jet Li at that point. You are literally a kung fu master <laughs> because. That is so, again, so good. I mean, I don't know. Just the kinesthetics of, of throwing and, and clonking is, I don't know, I just feel so great. Completely. Oh, <laughs> uh, another thing about 1-1 one, one that I love is multiple paths in this game. So yep. you have the standard path, which you know brings you up some vines and whatnot. But I think every time I play this game now, I go the alternate path, which is to go into like an inner cave and then use some bombs. Uh, to take out a shy guy and take out part of a wall and then go the back way to Birdo. And just that bit of level design to to realize that there's an alternate path through this stage. You know, that kind of thing wasn't really it wasn't really done at the time. It was new. It was a new feeling. See, great. I didn't even know there were two ways because I played this game three t- I played this level three times in the last like two days. And all three times I'd done it, I went that into the cave and blew up the rocks. I thought that's the only way to do it. No. <laughs> oh, no. There's a whole vine section where you can go up and down vines and, you know, wrangle with ladybugs and such. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Yep. Hmm. I don't which know why. I've never done that. Which again, the game introducing verticality and kind of introducing that that's, that mechanic, which is great. Um, but I agree with you. I do the same thing, too. Yeah. It's cool. Like, I am I am glad that – and you are right. I mean, like, they do a good job in this game of doing the verticality where I can't remember Mario 3 at all. But I do know, like, in this game, it does a very good job of climbing up things and having, like, the shy guys fall. Like, when you first start off, you're saying when you throw the shy guy. Like, I, I, that does look so cool still, even to this day. That is still well done. Yeah, and the verticality also, like, have to have things go off one side of the screen and reappear on the other side of the screen. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. Like, that is pretty great. I And it's interesting, too. And they actually use that in gameplay for certain dungeons and such, where you have to kind of use that rotating come out one go in one side come out the other to uh to progress in a purpose in a section yeah i think it is mario 3 i'm gonna pick on mario 3 because people's claim it's the best mario game ever made it's wonderful of course i'm not gonna bag on mario, mario 3 if, <laughs> if i'm not insane but it's some, that's something that. it doesn't do well it doesn't do verticality at all you can fly but you're still flying in a in a horizontal corridor right you're still just flying to the right and the left you know you are going up but there's a limit um, even levels where, like, for example, in World 5, where you have to go up the the sky thing, you know, to get to the sky section of, of 5, you're still stacking horizontal levels. You know what I mean? There's no, like, Mega Man-style climbing up ladders, which is what this is, really. It has, like, a Mega Man feel to it. <laughs> it's just how you traverse those le- those ladders. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't do anything like that, and it's great. That's a very true way to put it. I didn't think about that, but yeah, you are right. My One of my first looks at this game was on a, some Nickelodeon news show and i don't remember what the name of it is but in 1988 like i'd seen a couple screenshots in nintendo fun club news and i think this was even before the nintendo power episode or uh, nintendo power issue came out but nickelodeon had this kids news show and they did a preview of super mario brothers 2 and showed almost the complete one one in that and I, i recorded it on vhs and i must have watched that thing like a hundred plus times. Like by the time I actually had the cartridge in my possession, 
I knew exactly what to do in one one oh, because great. I had just watched that's this great. segment so many times. <laughs> that is great. I, like, I, I analyzed I like all of the mechanics and <laughs> everything like that. The waterfall with the little log that goes up and down and things like I knew all the stuff about the game before I even touched it. That's amazing. I like the fact you had the <laughs> Nintendo Fun Club newsletter because I, too, had that newsletter and <laughs> I had that first issue of Nintendo Power arrive. On in whatever year that was with Mario 2 on the cover, the classic eight, yeah. or is that too early? No, because this game is 80. Oh, it was the same year, it was 88. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. 88. yeah, that's my guess. But yeah, no, I totally I remember I remember when that came, and I remember looking through the those was cr- that crazy 20 page or something spread. It was like a 20 page thing, yeah, and all the lots of different levels and the color. I was just hooked from the minute I read that in Nintendo Power, just immediately hooked. Yeah, that I mean, I can remember. The day that I got that issue of Nintendo Power, like I get, it's just so burned into my memory. And I even still have, because I, I have a brother who also had a Nintendo Fun Club News subscription, because of course, at that time, that's something you just did. And you would send in the re- the service cards for both both children. And so we got two copies of this magazine. And so I still have a mint, like never touched or hardly ever touched copy bagged and uh saved but then i also have the version that i just plowed through and read every (laughs) single inch of uh back in the day that's cool that's a cool collectible that's neat that's collector's items too now definitely Mm -hmm. i wish it was still in the big envelope because that first issue of nintendo power came in like a big blue envelope like this is your first issue of nintendo power wow (laughs) that's cool such an amazing moment that is very cool. Um, I also want to state publicly, if I can, that the shy guy is the cutest Mario character. Mario character. <laughs> They're great by a, by a fair margin. Shy guys are a are a piece of just a brilliant piece of design, and they're adorable. Yes. So may I just state that publicly? I love shy guys. Except my love for shy guys really came from Super Mario RPG when you fight them in the first area with Mac. That's what really made me like them. But they're so good in this game, like. I, I didn't realize I hadn't played this in so long of how much I just I like the way they look in this game. I like their animations. I think it's just and they're such a simple enemy, too. And to think this is the game that started it all. And they weren't even originally supposed to be a Mario enemy because they are in the other version of this game, too. And I mean, they are. Mar- I mean, they are Mario enemy. And they're just I just like them. I like the little face mask that they wear. And they're just and they don't do much. They just run back and forth. They just walk back and forth. You pick them up yeah. and throw them. Yeah. I did That's get the sad when thing I about threw one. This game is how many of these enemies and you know things introduced in this title have have bridged across into other Mario games, but originated from this title that is often treated like the black sheep of the series. Yeah, yeah and I think this might be a good opportunity to talk a bit about the provenance of Mario Two. I think everybody listening knows the Doki oh, Doki yeah. fact. You know, I think we all know. Don't think we need to explain it. There's a gaming historian did a really good video about it a few years ago. Yes, Watch that. I watched right before. Of course I did. So did I. I watched it again just to make sure I was acclimated. I think it's a. I think it's a damn travesty that people claim that this is not a Mario game. And while like any like anything else in this world, you know, be it your belief system or whoever you are, you're allowed to believe wrong things, and that is a wrong thing. Just like you said, CJ. So much of this game has been kind of retconned and absorbed into the Mario ecosystem, like Shy Guys, like, you you know, Shy Guys and Birdo. And there's so much to just in different Mario games. It's I don't know how people can say that at this at this era. It's weird, very strange to me. 
because it's, I mean, I, I had actually have been playing Doki Doki Panic before this recording because I wanted to finally experience it. It does play a little differently. Like one, you can't run. And again, every, all the sprites are, you know, all the, the characters are different. The, the enemies are the same, but it has, a, there are little differences in, in the Mario two version, but also like this is the NES era. Like it makes sense that the whole idea was that Mario one was a game. Mario two was a game that was too hard for the public here in America. They're like, we need to, so they just took something that they already own through Mario in it and called it a Mario game. But you know, yes, it wasn't originally, but I, I still think it's completely a Mario game now because so much stuff is taken from it and there's nothing wrong with the sequel being different. As, well, I haven't played Zelda 2, but I might disagree with that when I play it here later this in a, few, in a month. Mm-hmm. But like, it's okay to be different. It's okay for a game to do something different in their sequels. Yeah. Like I mean, at, con- considering Mario, the jump from Mario Brothers to Super Mario Brothers, the leap from Super Mario Brothers to Mario Brothers 2 being completely different mechanics, it didn't feel like it was doing anything out of the ordinary because mm-hmm. that's just what we knew about video games. Video games could do that. The only thing I think that I'm upset about is that they haven't revisited Wart at all. Like Wart, <laughs> they, sure, they take the Shy Guys, they take the Pokies, they take a lot of enemies from this game, and those are in other Mario games, except the final boss and uh, actually all of the bosses, I suppose. But I'm especially concerned about the final boss, like Wart. Has never been in another game unless you consider, you know, Link's Awakening. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Unless you consider Link's Awakening. That is very true. Free wart. Free wart from wherever he is. Just sign him. I mean, I don't know if he's just sitting at home just doesn't want to play anymore. But, you know, come on. Get him in the Justice game. Justice for wart, man. Indeed. Justice for wart. I know I remember Mouser being in some. Wasn't he in a Mario cartoon? If I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. He was in a Mario cartoon. I'm pretty confident. Oh, very likely. Yeah. Okay. I don't like him as a boss. Because I hate the bombs in this game. <laughs> really? I, when I was really? a kid, I blew myself up all the time with the bombs. As an adult, I still blew myself up, but not as much. <laughs> yeah. I have such a hard time with with that with the bombs, and I, and I don't like how he just throws bombs at you. And that you have to pick them up and throw them back at him, and I don't like it. And he's a cool boss, but I don't like it. <laughs> well, what I love about and this is a good uh, bit of a segue into bosses, because as I've said on this show multiple times, Mario games don't do bosses very well at all. Mario bosses are typically pretty, pretty bad, especially the 8-bit varietals. Galaxy has some decent ones, but they're usually not very good. And the reason is because they don't test you on anything that you they're not testing you on what you've learned so far. And Mario 2 bosses are actually really good because Mouser is a good example. You walk into that cavern, you have a stack of bricks stack of blocks that are breakable via bombs and you have a ton of bombs sitting there for you so the game right away is teaching you here's how to use a bomb if you haven't used one yet here's a place you have to use bombs to move forward it's going to teach you the timing and mechanics of bombs and then you get to this sly and sloppy mouse who's just haphazardly chucking bombs at you because why not you broke his wall and and it teaches you what is reinforcing what you just learned is how to place bombs what the timing is and there's a lot of risk-free air. You can just stand right underneath him and never get hurt. You can just stand underneath yeah. Mouser, watch the bombs go in, go into the corner, and never get hurt. So you can sit there and study the pattern. So the game is very elegant in the way it's going to teach you this mechanic in this boss environment where you do have a safe spot where you can just stand there and not get hurt. And it's it's just so wonderful. Most of the bosses in, Mar- in Mario 2 have that to a certain extent. A couple don't, but, ah, oh man, that's why I love the boss in this game so much. Umberto, which is a mini boss, doesn't. Because she shoots the eggs and then she also shoots the fireballs, too. And you can't duck under them in the NES version. I tried. But every time that you fight Birdo, it's teaching you the timing of when Birdo is going to shoot something at you. 
So by the time you get to the later levels when Birdo is going to shoot something other than an egg, you know the timing. And even if you jump when she's shooting, a f- when a fireball is being shot at you, you can adjust in air and you can get away from that. <laughs> but only if you've had enough experience with Birdo in the past with the eggs. Right. Yeah, and, and the, the Birdo is actually a good example of actually good mini-boss design because even though it's familiar, every single level has one, they do change as you go up. So, you know, like you said, CJ, the red ones will fire three elements, either a combination of eggs or fireballs. And, of course, you can't pick up a fireball. Some of them <laughs> just shoot fireballs, and you have to use things in your environment. Some mm-hmm. of them shoot, you know, it's so you have these, they iterate. And then as every time you encounter a Birdo, it's more challenging. If it's one of the ones that just shoot fire, they'll have four blocks around. And the next time you meet them, there's two. And then there's just one, which means you have to do everything with one block. You have to now be very nimble in dodging that fire, getting the block, throwing it. So, again, really elegant way of rewarding your mastery as you continue through the levels. I think this is the last one where you have to ride an egg across an area. Otherwise, you kill her, you just won't be able to proceed. You have to respawn her, I think. I think that was kind of cool, too. They trick you like that near the end of the game. Yeah, I don't. Re- I vaguely remember the part you're talking about. It's, yeah, it's four. I think four. I maybe four I two. It was later than that. Maybe you're maybe it's earlier. It's, it's just, level four. I might be four three. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, so you pop out of the of the door and you have Birdo there, which, of course, is a surprise first. You're like, what? <laughs> Whoa, OK. I guess this is interesting because if you're playing this, the all stars version and you never see the 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 orb in Birdo you would never notice that was different than any of the Birdo. Because in the NES version, you look at it, he's not holding an orb. So you know something's up. Like, okay, this Birdo's not here, but there's no orb. What's up? And you're right. Everybody just kills Birdo the first time. Now you're stuck. You can always go in that door, come back out, and as she responds, or responds rather. But that's a a fun little, uh, yeah, just kind of pushing at the edges. What happens if I jump to the right? I don't love it because there's no signaling whatsoever you can do that. It's just hoping you have an issue of Nintendo Power that teaches you this. <laughs> but no. so I don't love that mechanic, but I, it is neat when you figure it out. You're like, oh, sweet, I'm flying across the ocean on an egg. This is a game. The, the other thing that's so different about the game we kind of talked about off and on is that you throw things at enemies, and that's how you can't, like, you can't jump on them. Every boss you have to throw things at, either throwing mushrooms at or throwing their own items at, or throwing bombs at. Like, it's so unique. Like, the second boss that you fight in this game is the three-headed a lizard, which I really like tri- Triclide. Triclide. I don't know how you pronounce his yeah, name. Yeah, Triclide. I'm a big fan of Triclide, and I wish he was in more... I don't think he's in anything else, Mario, has he? No. It's too bad. Yeah, I don't he's think so. cool. Three-headed li- He's a three-headed snake. Just cool. Yeah. yeah. And that fight's fun because you learn to, like, build up the wall of throwable mushrooms, and you know, get that timing right and that distance right on throwing things to be able to, you know, knock him off his little pedestal. Yeah, and it's a great design, too. Like just a cool design of, a, of an enemy boss character. Yeah, yeah super fun. Super fun. My, my, I guess my least favorite boss might be Claw Grip, um, <laughs> the crab. Not my least favorite, but he's still he's, okay. He's exclusive to this game. He, uh, Claw Grip is the one, at, the one boss that isn't in Doki Doki Panic. Oh, really? Huh. In Doki Doki Panic, you fight the mouser again, but this time the room is a little smaller and there's spikes on the ground in a couple spots where you fight them versus in this game, they put claw grip instead. Interesting. It, it's cool. It, it's it's a cool little difference. I I, pref- I didn't know what to do for claw grip at first. Like that one really threw me for a loop when I first played. I'm like, what do I do? Because he, he throws rocks at you, but if you tr- you have to like let the rock bounce and then you can pick right. it up. Yeah. 
and that's the one thing I don't love about it is that it kind of breaks its own rules without any signaling. So mm-hmm. again, you're used to driving things from from Birdo as soon as she shoots them. Like you said, Mike, as when claw grip throws something, you just can't catch it midair. It has to bounce and slow down, and then you can grab it. Yeah. Um, so that's, it, that'll result in some cheap deaths because again, there's no signaling. It's kind of breaking its own rules. Um, but you figure it out. It's just not terribly. Once you figure it out, it's not a terribly fun encounter. But I love it when you hit him in the face and gets little bubbles around his mouth. How <laughs> he amuses <laughs> me. I just thought it so funny. I'm like, ah, I, just, I mean, even as a kid, it amused me. As an adult, it still amused me seeing the bubbles in his mouth when I hit him with a rock. Yeah. Um, but he also hurt me a lot because I was having I had rewinds. So I just fixed it simply, but it was irritating me. I'm like, how do I hurt this guy again? <laughs> you know, I'm not a fan of Fry Guy. I don't like Fry Guy either. Fry Guy, I can do without Fry Guy. Fry Guy's okay. He's not top tier, but I I, I kind of like the. He's pretty predictable. I, if you know the again, if you know the trick, it's not too too challenging just to stay above him. Let a, let a little bit of his hitbox get exposed, and then you can smack him with the with the brick. And I like the fact that he turns into four little shy dude, four little fry dudes who are very cute, and you gotta <laughs> smash the little fry dudes. But I, I get it. I see why people frustrate. It's it's for me. It's very. He's a very okay. I'm like that's fine. Yeah. No strong opinions. You know, another thing that I love about the design of this game is how they throw in various surprises along the way, like something that you will just never expect. And two of those things uh, in particular are. The rocket ship in World <laughs> War. It's like, uh, where did that that just completely comes out of left field? Yes. Doesn't have any relation to any other part of the game. <laughs> and then the other thing is the 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 doors that are like the eagle face or the bird face. You know, mm-hmm. in the last level, one of those becomes a mini boss and completely sort of turning what you've been doing the entire game on its head in an unexpected way at the very end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think it's so gr- I love the very end bird face that you have to attack because it will kill you. If you don't know it's coming, you are going to die to this thing at least once. Yes. Because yeah. uh, like you said, it just comes out of nowhere. And you're probably used to standing right next to it to run into its mouth. Boom, it just comes, come, comes at you. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a really, really great moment. It all does is fly in these kind of like lazy figure eights. But it's amazing. It's, again, subverting your expectations. I, I love mean, the it. whole point. Is it, you know, because it throws you for a loop because it's through, I mean, you walk through like 20 or maybe not 20, but you walk through over 10 of these things and all of a sudden one's trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a cool moment. <laughs> <laughs> so unexpected. And in a Doki Doki Panic, these things look like big giant masks, like Luxador masks instead. Hmm. Right, because that was the whole kind of idea of the dream. Was it Dreamland? Is that right? I just watched this last night. But yes, it was like we're in Dreamland. Night. In so game. yeah, the Dreamland aesthetic that they were trying to also copy for this game because it was made for this Dreamland Expo in Japan. So, yeah, I no, I really cool. Yeah, it's neat. I mean, they made an amazing game, you know, for this, for this you know, for this Expo. Who um, would have thought picking up plants and throwing plants at enemies is actually fun. Like, I I would pick up plants for no reason as Mario and just throw them at nobody or just carry them and kill enemies just for the hell of it, even though I didn't need to. I'm like, I just want to kill. I just want to hit things with plants. The only time I didn't like throwing vegetables was in someone's mouth, a big frog that kept yelling at me. And <laughs> I did not like that. Oh, when I so Ward is the final boss in this game, which CJ you know likes Ward a lot. I do. <laughs> and when I got to him, when I played this game three years ago, and I was playing on an emulator, and I had save states, I was having the time of hell trying to beat this boss, where he he shoots bubbles at you. You have to catch these vegetables that shoot out of like a organ, and I just could not get him. I don't know why. I just was having a terrible time where this time I played it and he, well, it was simple. Like, you, I mean, I didn't have to use rewind that much. It was just simple. Yeah. 
it's not it's not hard. I remember though as a kid having completely sweaty palms, my heart rate sky high <laughs> getting into this room because you go into Ward's boss chamber and the music changes into this very high energy, you know, high BPM sort yep. of uh theme and then Wart is throwing bubbles at you and they all make this noise as they shoot at you to to heighten that tension. And then in between those, oh, yeah, his little machine will spit some vegetables up that you can grab. But again, you have to be precise with your placement to be underneath them to catch them before they fall through the ground. And once you have one, you have to position yourself so that you're like right next to his little platform. And he has to open his mouth right then and not shoot a bubble. Otherwise, you're going to end up like. Uh, throwing the vegetable at a bubble and it'll just cancel out. Right. And you have to stuff those veggies in his mouth. I forget how many you have to do, but it's more than three. I it's think. six. It's six. It's six. Okay. Yep. And it just, the amount of time it takes, like it, when I was younger, it took me so many different tries to do it oh. just because I got so nervous getting to that final area. And really, there's not much to it. There's not much danger there. You know, you can stand in places that are completely safe. But it's a matter of I have to run and get these vegetables, dodge the the bubbles, and then stuff this thing into his mouth. Like there's so much going on that it just took me took me a while, but I really felt accomplished once I was able to do it. It's it's incredible. I have a very similar story. Um, I played it. I know exactly when I beat it. It was in around Christmas of uh, of that year of that following year. Because again, I got it probably towards the end of '88 or whenever it was. And my dad was outside hanging Christmas lights. And it was always my job to help dad with the Christmas lights. Even it was just to watch him swear at them and half not work as he tried to hang them. And I was playing this and I'm playing it. I'm just the same place. Seven, two, got to war, dying constantly. And my mom is yelling, Dad, are you going to go and do the lights with your dad? And I'm like, no, I'm screaming. So you have that tension, right? Parental tension, <laughs> music tension, war tension, bubble tension. And it was the same thing. I finally finished it. I finished it and the ending comes. And I remember just floating outside. My dad was half done with the lights already, but floating outside, like everything is good. Like everything. It was so <laughs> powerful. Again, my main is princess. So for her, the pro strat is you just kind of, yeah, there's three horns that will shoot the vegetables one by one in different arcs and angles. Sometimes shoot it away. If they shoot forward towards you, it shoots it the second before war starts vomiting bubbles. So what you do with princess is just hang out by the rightmost horn and can go right to the, then float to the left as the bubbles are approaching you and hope you catch one of the vegetables in midair. So now you've caught one, you head to the top, and if you aim for his crown, because his hitbox isn't necessarily his mouth, it's his whole dumb head. So if you just, hit, <laughs> if you just throw the, you can, you can throw the vegetable behind the bullet, uh, bubbles rather, and hit his crown, and it'll That's register cool. the same hit. You don't have to wait for that split second, because you get like half a second between his mouth opening and bubbles spewing out to actually nail them, then you can do it pretty, pretty straightforward. But no, I remember as a kid, it was, it was panic inducing. And that music, it can't even ingrained in my brain. Yeah. This game actually does have good music. And I played it, which is not like me, but I actually played it the sound on for a change. <laughs> I do really like the music in this game. I don't know. I'm not a big music guy in game, but I, I thought this music was all very well done. Oh, it's great. Fantastic. I love the music in this game. I mean, I did play the Super Nintendo version. So, I mean, that's all. I don't know if it's, I'm assuming it's a little different than the NES version. 
A little, but even at the yeah. time, the NES music was really good. It's all this like weird, like ragtime sort of kind of like yeah. It's like almost like kind of like ragtime, even like like the select screen. Like it's just that like happy go lucky. It's great. So good. Yes. So so good. I'm listening to it right now. It it's still it's just good. And it's actually the I'm pretty sure it's the same music that's also in Doki Doki Panic. I think I don't think it's too much different. I think you're right. You're right. We should talk about the ending uh, for a minute, too, because when I finished this game, you know, you have the credits that roll. And at the very end, you have this picture of Mario in bed kind of snoring and that you see that it's all been a dream. But I I was just amazed at that ending screen and how well it was animated. And it's like it's like (laughs) playing Mm -hmm. a cartoon. This is a cartoon on my TV. I can't believe it. It's so great. I remember <laughs> being mad when I found out this whole game is a dream. I, didn't I don't like love that it. aesthetic. I don't love it either. That's one of the big things I would <laughs> knock against it. I really wish they hadn't done that and just leaned into the fact it was just a weird Mario game where Mario is in a weird world doing weird things for weird people. Because that gives a lot of fodder for those who people who say, well, it's not a real Mario game. It's a dream. I'm like, well, Final Fantasy X is all the dreams of the faith. And we're still playing that. Oh, fine. So why are we all complaining? Sorry, sorry, sorry. It doesn't matter. It came out like over sorry. 20 years ago. <laughs> okay. if, you, if you haven't played that game, what I said makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, I know. I just like making jokes. Is when I about last year, I I referenced something from Final Fantasy IV where Pollum and Prom turn into stone. And someone's like, spoiler, and he meant it. I'm just like, this game's over 20 years old, man. Like, it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. And honestly, if you're playing Final Fantasy X, that's still a mystery. It all still doesn't make any damn sense. So it's, it's fine. But I never liked that that ending. And I, again, I wish it was just like Mario doing weird things in weird places. But yeah, like you said, CJ, that when I was done last night, it was around like midnight. <laughs> my, my wife was just starting to fall asleep. Like, James, James, look at this. Look at that. Isn't that cute? She looks up like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that cute? Look, he's Mario. He's snoring. He's a lovely little guy. She goes, aw. <laughs> I need more validation. I just desperately need validation. It's amazing. It's a great. Yeah. A but couple. yeah, in most Mario, in most NES games, you didn't get like a full screen animation. Like everything is sprite based. You get a lot of sprite animation where like one character will animate. It was very rare to get something where the whole screen is animating like this. And even if you want to talk about, just go back real quick to the boss battle for Wart and compare it to like Mario Three. Like the boss battle, like Wart's boss battle and the bo- and the final boss of Mario Three are not even comparable in quality. Not even close. I mean. Mario, you have dodging, jumping, floating, if you're me, you know, timing. Mario 3, you throw three fireballs at you, you wait, and then he tries to stomp on you. And you jump out of the way. That's that's it. That's the that's the game. You're done. Congrats. <laughs> I, God, I need to play Mario 3 again. It's good. It's, it's great. I'm not, I'm not going to slag on Mario no, 3. No, you're fine. But, but Mario 2 <laughs> is, does a lot of things, I think, much better than Mario 3. It does play a lot better than I was expecting going into this episode because I have always had not good things to say about Mario 2. And when I played it, like I enjoyed like example, you have cherries throughout a level that if you collect and once you collect five cherries, you end up getting a star that will come up that will float from the bottom that gives you the invincibility mm-hmm. for a little bit. Yeah. So the star can be wherever you want to set it up. However, well, not however, but you can kind of choose what what cherry is going to be your fifth cherry. Yep. I think that's a really cool aspect of the game that that's there to give you that little extra like this is your choice how you kind of want to do this in a sense and then also when it comes to like getting extra hearts like hearts that will just spawn in, in the level if you kill i think a certain amount of enemies a, a heart will spawn 
10, I think it is. So okay. I think so again, you can yeah. choose when you want it. Like, oh, I killed nine enemies. I'm just going to wait now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really cool aspects of the game. Something you wouldn't have in like Mario one or Mario three. Agreed. And I think it's a, a travesty that Nintendo has not revisited this mechanic for another Mario game. I know in Super Mario Maker 2, they have some similar aspects that they've introduced, but it's not the same. And I really wish they would, with that 30 years of Mario history, come back and revisit some of these mechanics that we're talking about, because I think there's a lot that they could do with this setup that they haven't explored. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think it'd be great because, yeah, all I can say is I agree. Definitely. Well, they really should. I mean, I wonder if it's a rights issue or something where they don't have the complete rights to some of this stuff, but because it was originally Doki Doki Panic. I can't imagine that that's the case. It has to be something like Miyamoto just doesn't consider this our true Mario game or something like that. Yeah, (laughs) Just doesn't like like the mechanics of it or something. It's still good. Like holding and you hold down to do a bigger jump where they'll start glowing and you can jump a little bit higher. Like, yeah, and digging. I mean, it it works. I mean, yes, it's different, but it works. And it's, and it's important to note, too, that this game, you know, didn't come out in Japan as Super Mario USA until very late in the Famicoms. It was like after the Super Famicom had already come out when Super Mario USA came out as a separate NES cartridge there, mm-hmm. Famicom cartridge. So, like, I think it might have been that a lot of people in Japan didn't even know that this thing existed. Because yeah, it was, I mean, they already had Doki. their Doki Doki Panic. but Yeah, they had Doki Doki Panic for the disc system. Well, this game is a lot different than Doki Doki. I mean, yes, it looks sure. pretty close to the same, but there are a lot of differences if you pl- if you play Doki Doki. Yeah. It's also harder. Doki Doki. <laughs> well, the fact you can't run is crazy to me. Yeah. Like, I, that's just, I, I saw that on that video and I'm like, whoa, that's nuts. That's nuts. And there's one enemy we haven't talked about yet. My favorite enemy in this game and one of my favorite enemies in Mario is, this is the first game of Sniffets. I love Sniffets. <laughs> Don't know why. <laughs> I absolutely love Sniffets. The unpredictability of the Sniffet is one of the aspects of this game that's great. Like, mm-hmm. they jump, and maybe they'll shoot something at you, maybe not. Like, you have to, like, watch their animation and be ready for it at, at any time. Yeah, there really is no signaling for when, they, when they're when about to fire. Yeah, it's pretty random, which which makes them a constant threat. And they're a cool design, too, where they're gas masks. It's really neat. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Mario RPG is what really made me like Sniffets because of Booster's Tower. That's what did it for me. It makes, but again, they're so cool in this game. I got to give them respect because it's their first game. There's another little enemy in the game. Um, I think it's called a tweeter or, or I hope not Twitter or else they'll have to get, you know, change that name. <laughs> it's the little bird guy kind of hops along. He's in the very, in the first levels and he's wearing like a plague doctor's mask. Like one of those like big, yeah. big long, <laughs> scary masks out all of the black plague. It's like, Ooh, a little grim. Hey there. <laughs> yeah. I never knew that was a mask until just now. Yeah. But yeah, it's a shy. It, I have the act like the art, the artwork of it in front of me from I'm assuming somewhere Nintendo. And yeah, he's, it looks like a little red shy guy like thing bird form with wings and a little shy guy mask to cover yeah. his nose. Masks are are just a big thing in this game. Not only with with you know the shy guys, the sniffets, and the bird thing, but also like the uh, and I forget their name. Like when you grab keys, sometimes they'll come after you. Oh, so, Fanto. Phantos, yes. Uh, like that is is just a big part of the visual design of this game and how terrified of phanto were you when you first played mario 2 <laughs> very yes right extremely <laughs> especially in areas where you really had to carry that key for a long way mm-hmm. there's one in particular 
The one in particular that always got me was um, there are sections in some of the sand levels where there's a mechanic where you burrow into sand. Um, yep. You go deeper and deeper sand, and usually enemies in there and pick up. Hard thing is that is you kind of have to dodge the enemies or plan where you're digging your holes so that when an enemy does hit there, they're not going down on top of your head. They're going down to another level. So you got to really be strategic. And sometimes there's keys down there that you need to snag and Phantos coming at you. So like I kept like throwing the key up in the air, hoping it wouldn't get stuck on something. I've had situations where I get stuck on some geometry and then I can't grab it because I'm just throwing it in the air, mad like a psychopath because <laughs> Phantos coming. <laughs> I do. I hear. I listened to another podcast and they were saying how the host has a Phanto like a not plush, but like a, like a little sticker or something. But it's of course above where he keeps his keys. That's <laughs> what his Phanto is. <laughs> I was like that's very good. That's, that's very cool. Good. I want to do that now. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> oh, they, they are terrified. I remember as a kid, they terrified me. You grab the key and you just start running as this, as this mask is coming after you. And they don't move until you grab the key and all they start shaking. And the, I think the music changes too, if I remember correctly. No, the music, the music no. doesn't okay. change. They no. just terrified the hell out of me. They're that's silent. What's, that's what's terrifying about them. There is no music change. And they're oh. just after you and they make no noise. <laughs> Silently stalking you and uh, about to de- destroy your character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty terrifying. I, I, can you kill them? I don't think you can. No. Even if no. you're invincible, you can't. I mean, I've yeah. seen, well, I've never tried, I don't think. but I don't think you can kill them. They just, or if you do kill them, they just come back. If you can kill yeah. them, they will come back. I just deal with them and try to get past them as fast as I can. And just yeah. like I, this time with the key, I, I didn't throw the key very often. I just would jump over them as they came at me and keep going. No, I would just, trouble. yeah, as long as you drop the key, then they'll go away. They, they don't, they, they stop pursuing you. So you can just kind of pick it up, throw it, pick it up and throw it. And that risk reward. But this yeah. time around, I actually let it just chase me. I was like, oh, you know what? Come at me, Fanto. I'm not afraid of you anymore. I'm not 12. <laughs> because the thing about Doki Doki Panic it has something to do with it was a celebration about masks or something if I remember correctly so that's why there's so many masks in this game yeah the big part of the celebration it was designed for yeah because I know in uh, Doki Doki Panic the the mushrooms that you pick up like those um, pink ones that you throw at enemies are actually big masks that you would pick up instead of ma- a big mask oh really throw. oh cool you should definitely try Doki Doki I mean it's it's interesting <laughs> I've always wanted to. I haven't downloaded the ROM or anything. I always wanted to try it on the disk system for like that mm. accurate. That would be cool. <laughs> That'd be neat. Uh, game experience, but yeah, I love Mario too so much. It's weird that I haven't tried Doki Doki. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I know. I say my yeah. I've never really thought to do it, but I'm like, I guess I got my Mario too. So what do I need to? But yeah, it'd yeah. be interesting to check out for completion reasons. I was watching a spear on a, a spear on of it today. Looks interesting. Mm. And one other thing I do want to mention that we haven't yet. Is we talked briefly about it, but throughout this game, you find the way that you get power ups to increase your health is you will find these little like glass vials of some kind of elixir or something, let's just say, and you throw the bottle, and then it will, depending on where you throw it, will open up a door to another everywhere, open a door to another world. But in these other worlds, subcon, you can get these big mushrooms that will then give you more health. Yeah, which I think it's cool. Which is another thing you could totally miss. Yes, because <laughs> <laughs> oftentimes often, those mushrooms are not in the same screen where you pick up that potion. No, and you get one try. If you if you failed, well, oh well, the game don't care. Yeah, yeah. and you, and you can try again if you die and try. You can definitely try again. I don't love it because it doesn't. It discourages experimentation. Like you just have to guess basically. And again, this game scales it up, you know. But I played a lot of this game without doing that. I would opt to get more coins for the slot machine game, which we haven't talked about yet. I'd always opt for coins rather than um, extra health because I always consider it like a Mario game. I Mario game, I get two hits, I'm dead. So I should be able to do this game with two hits. I'm dead as well. So that's kind of what my uh, my uh, rationale was. 
again, I'd rather get more lives in the slot machine than um, more health. But yeah, this is that's how I kind of approach it. But yeah, it's it's interesting that you it's as, as you go forward in the game, they the mushrooms are not always on the same screen. You have to have to know where they are. And after the second throwing of a vial, because you can throw them as much as you like. If you go back, they'll respawn. Um, oh. I believe they respond. Well, they, they I believe they do. Or you get, you can get more than two in a level. After the first two, you're, you can't get coins anymore. Right. All your coins turn into just vegetables when you're into the, the flip world. Yeah. So your, your mushrooms are, are always going to be there. But after the second throw, you can't get coins anymore. So I always try to find a place with the most coins and just do it there. Do you guys? How do you guys feel about the slot machine between levels? Teaching kids to gamble. Why yes, not? yes. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Yeah, microtransactions got nothing on Mario too. I I don't like it, but I don't like any form of gambling or slot machines and anything, including real. I just hate them in the real life and games, everything. So I don't. Yeah, I didn't care for it. But I mean, it's cool that it's there because I mean, I don't get much out of it because I'm very terrible at trying to time anything. Well, the thing about this game is, is it, you couldn't really tell when, like, you couldn't tell when it was going to be a particular thing. Like, the pressing of the A button didn't really correspond to when something was going to stop anyway. So it felt like a little bit of trial and error and sort of trying to get a rhythm down that you should press the A button on, but or using the NES advantage, just turning on the turbo and doing it that way. <laughs> <laughs> I never felt like I mastered the slot machine at all. It was always a crapshoot every single level. It's funny. I've read things about that, that people say it's random. It actually, it's not random. There is a pattern. I can actually consistently get one ups in, in the slot machine. I'm strangely good at it. There's like a few things in games. I'm strangely good at like one is uh, marble madness. I'm strangely good at that game that no one cares about. Like it's bizarre. <laughs> it, sh- it shouldn't be the case. Um, I'm also strangely good at the coin. <laughs> I'm strangely good at the, uh, at the uh, slot machine in Mario 2. There is a pattern when you can hit the button and you will get a cherry every time. And you can do it for all three reels. Like this this run through, I went through all of it. I, I didn't have a very good run through. And I had like 15 lives left over. I had about 15. I had the most I was like 23. Because I know how to get, I can get, if I have eight coins, I'll get a one up at least half the time. Because wow, I, I, all I, right. I, oh yeah. I've, it's the strangest flex. You'll ever hear in your life. It's like, <laughs> hey, I have a really strong middle toe. It's like no one cares about my strong middle toe, but th- it is the weirdest thing. I'm I know I know the first reel, the second reel I know what it is, and the third one I just have to guess. Like last time I got like a couple five ups, got all three cherries, but I take my time through it. I it just hit the button really fast. Most people do, yeah, and that's same. fine. Um, no, I I know I know I just, I just know it. It's just strange, bizarre. <laughs> Yes, it's not random. A lot of people tell you, oh, no, it's completely – it's not random. You can – there is a pattern. You can learn exactly when to hit it, and you can get it most and of the time. The other thing about this game, this game does has a lot of indoor levels areas. You have a lot of things. You're opening doors and going through towers and climbing, and you're in lots of different areas. You go inside pots. Like, it's it's very interesting the way it does it because, you know, in Mario 1, you don't have like, you inside really any buildings. I mean, a couple – you own castles, but that's it. Like, it's interesting to see this different stuff in this game and climbing chains and things that will never be referenced again in a Mario game for a long time, if ever. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. Weird. Yeah. It's a unique experience. I think if if you were to sum it up, it's just such a wonderfully unique experience. Yeah, and the levels uh, are pretty different, I would say. Like, you have a desert. You have an ice level. I mean, you you have a variety of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's pr- pretty standard in so terms of level design. And the last level mixes things up with a lot of uh, conveyor belts. A lot of things sort of meant to push you towards getting hit accidentally. And 
just you know getting those extra mushrooms getting the extra hits in is uh it becomes important in that last level yeah the last level is, is i think a master class of it's a yeah it's a master class in level design and final level design because it te- it tests you on everything you've learned yeah every little thing you've learned you're being tested on like you said your conveyor belts enemies coming out of the you know 100 enemies coming out of the different pots you have a birdo you have a birdo encounter you have a phanto encounter you have the, it, everything you've you've been you, you've learned up to this point you're going to get a, a quiz on there's going to be a question on the exam and that's just <laughs> so that's why it's so satisfying when you finally beat wart and get the and get the ending because you feel like you've been thoroughly tested on everything you've learned up to that point that's why it's so good completely agree yeah <laughs> There are some things, though, that, uh, you know, even after playing this game for so many hours as a as a youngster and just throughout my life revisiting the game that I found out for the first time, you know, I always thought Subcon was just the name of the game. I didn't think of it as a shortened subconscious. Oh, I never did. Neither did I. So (laughs) Subcon is subconscious. Okay. Sleep. The whole thing happens in a Ah. dream. And then there was a video a couple of years ago. Of somebody throwing a potion and it landed on a cloud sprite. And I was like, you could stand, you could throw things on the clouds in this game. I had no idea. Oh. Huh. <laughs> but apparently huh. you can. And it was like okay. 30 years of playing this game. I never <laughs> tried it or even like figured that it would work. And it does. And it just blew my mind completely. My favorite little cheat thing, not cheat, but like little exploit you can do is when you're in 6-3, I think it is, 6-3, when you start out, there's a wall behind you with sinking sand. If you just stand next to the sinking, next to the wall, and let the sand go down, 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 down until you can barely see your head, and hold left and jump, you can go right underneath the entire entire mountain and pop out on the other side next to the pyramid, and you've done the level. It's completely done, and now you can fight uh, Mouser again or whatever it was. So yeah. there's a there's a that's like my favorite <laughs> little exploit because you literally just bypass an entire level. Yay. Yeah, that's Mario for you. <laughs> they always have those things. But I feel like it doesn't happen as it's not as much of a secret as in this game. Like, I feel like there was a lot of, you know, recess talk, like playground talk <laughs> about this game. Like, <laughs> did you know you could do this or have you seen this? That just doesn't really happen anymore, in part just due to the Internet where everything's proven out. So I I, I, I just don't know that any other Mario game has that same feeling of discovery as this one does. No problem. Yeah, I mean, yeah Discovery is a great thing. one. I'm sorry. Sorry, go ahead, Mike. There you go. It's a very unique game. That's what I want to say. Very unique Mario game, too. Yeah, and there's room within the Mario universe for unique games. There's tons of these type of games. Like, you know, love it or hate it, you know, Mario Sunshine is a very unique game. You know, the Mario RPG uh, series, very unique games in their own in their own way. Uh, there's, there's room for these these outliers. I just never will understand. And I'm going to keep going back to this because we got a crusade, y'all. Three of us, we're starting a revolution right now. Right here and now. That's right. Uh, there's started a revolution that we have to stop people from saying this is not a Mario game. And we just have to... If you're listening to this, it's okay. You're allowed to be wrong. And, you know, it's it's okay. Understanding your flaws and just saying, you know what? I repent of this sin. I I now I now agree that Mario 2 is an actual Mario game. And you'll be okay. You're okay. We'll, we'll let you back into the fold. I don't know, man. I don't know. It just there's room in the Mario series for this, and I'd like to see a bit more of this. Actually, I'd see more strange Mario titles that that come out. You know, it's not a galaxy or a 2D side scroller. Let's, you know, yeah. I'd like to see that. 
Well, and Nintendo has revisited Mario 2 in certain ways, like it's in All-Stars, and it was a launch game for the Game Boy Advance. Mm. So you know that there's right. some some bit of remembrance of this game within Nintendo. And of course they use a lot of the enemies over and over again, but, <laughs> but they never go back to the mechanics. And like, it's just, it's maybe the last thing that I want from Nintendo. Like so many people are like, Oh, I'll make a, a new F zero or make a new golden sun. I'm like, no, no, no. Revisit the mechanics of Mario two, please. Like, yeah. Another Mario two, because it feels like you just left that behind. And there's so much more that you could explore via this weird Mario game. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love it. I think it's a great thing. It's, and it's funny before this conversation, I would have never thought that to be possible, but you're right. I think it'd be amazing if, you know, what our modern desires, modern designers can do with this, with those mechanics. I think it'd be wonderful. Yeah. Oh, and in the advanced version, there is a little, a di- one extra thing. We have to go find different Yoshi egg locations throughout the level. Where you have to grab the little jar vial of, liquid and, and run and throw nowhere to throw the potion so you can unlock with a subcon the subcon world where you'll find Yoshi egg. Oh really? That's the only I thing different. I ever did yeah. that. I do, you, ever do you get something for that? Like is there a Yes, you get board? Yoshi in the bottom of your screen and title screen. <laughs> That's it. Cool. Cool. Excellent. Great. <laughs> Yoshi will replace a Yoshi egg that was added to the lower right corner of the title screen. Well the it's other thing they added in that Game Boy Advance version is uh, voice samples. Oh, that game is very talky. In which one? The uh, in which one? The, the advance? Yeah. OK, I didn't know that. I should try that. No, if I like that, I want to be, please be quiet. Let me play Got my a lot game. Of Mario sounds. Message. Mario grunting. Uh, yeah. Is it Charles Martinet? Eh? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's, I met uh, him. That's all he does. He just does the sounds. When you talk to him, he doesn't really. He just goes, ah, you know, he does the Mario stuff. And that's all he does. And signs your poster. He knows what you're there for. He knows you're just there. I tried to talking to him a little bit. He, he just does. He just mainly does. He just does his little skit with everybody. That's it. <laughs> Mike goes up <laughs> to him. Charles, Charles, I care about you. Person. <laughs> I, I forgot I, I wanted to say your... something, but it didn't, it didn't get very far. You don't have to dance for me. You don't have to dance. Just <laughs> I want to learn about <laughs> just you. Sign my poster. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any, I think we should go on to questions, comments, or memories. Unless you guys any last thing to say. I have a few things to read. Go for it. Go for it. All right. From I watched the entire Orblood Super Replay. First one from Sean Keller. I remember playing this when I was super young. I don't remember getting farther than the ice level, but I do remember that mass chasing me all over the place. It will haunt your dreams. Indeed. <laughs> from Steve Lusiter. Still my favorite Mario game, even if it's not the best or or still get so much flack. I loved how bizarre it was, how every character actually played differently, and the really catchy soundtrack. Very nice. Steve, hi. He, he was on my show before, so hi, Steve. Yeah, I know. Good He's going to be on this show, actually, later, too. Uh, yeah. From Andrew Lean. Still surprised I never played it. It's how he seems to be the black sheep of the series and doesn't get much attention, except in more recent years where people have been defending it more. That's right. This is yep. defense and, zone. Defense and right here's here. a question from Ron Huntone. What is your opinion on turnips, and why do you keep invading my dreams, Mike? I never, I never, you know, speaking of turnips, I never did buy turnips in Animal Crossing. So I didn't play that game. <laughs> I own it, but I never played it. Oh, that's a shame. Such a good game. I bought it for my wife, and she liked it a whole bunch. I just didn't want to invade her island. I, I think like. Mario 2 has just uh, changed my the way I look at vegetables in general. <laughs> like, I don't think I've ever had turnips, but <laughs> I, whenever, like, passing them in the grocery store, I always think of Mario 2. And <laughs> chucking them at people. And I have to stop myself that I don't chuck them at other shoppers. <laughs> Wart is a cautionary tale, isn't he? Like, you know, if you don't eat your vegetables, you're going to turn into a grotesque frog with a little crown that belches, bur- belches bubbles. <laughs> That's right. So eat your turnips and your, your root vegetables. And everything's your a root onions. vegetable, by the way. Everything is 
Yeah, everything in that Mario game, Mario is a root vegetable, which you pull from the ground, so that makes mm-hmm. sense. Are there, but are there carrots? I know there's yeah. peppers. Carrots, yeah. yeah. Carrots, okay. turnips, pumpkins. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and I got one comment from the Mario group from Jonathan Thomas. I didn't know this game was a reskin of another Japanese game. Really? It is. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You you were the only one, I think. I, I mean, had no idea back <laughs> back in the day. I had no back idea. Back in the day, yeah, no idea, of course. Yeah, back in the day. But nowadays, it's the, the Doki Doki fact. It's kind of like... And I got a yeah. few from two other groups. The official Laser Time community uh, from... William Dawson, Super Mario Brothers 2 is one of my favorite because it informed me so much of the Super Mario Brothers 2 cent- or Super Mario Brothers centric items. Also, the game that weren't available when I was that age. Five Two has my screen of the game in it. It's the one where you fall down a big pu- a big hole and then you have a pow block with you and you have two fish coming out of the waterfall. Pretty he great, likes it, I guess. Oh, that's, that's great. A great one. <laughs> Very good. Very good. From Alex Crowley, my second favorite Mario game. All right, here's one. Alan's Matthew, Alan Matthews. I grew up with Atari Nintendo, but it wasn't until I saw this game with its incredibly vibrant colors and much improved graphics over the original that made me fall in love with Nintendo. Agree and with from that. Ad- <laughs> from Adam Eflin, my favorite Mario game growing up. Still love it. Only recently realized that Toad pulls up the turnips faster than everyone else, and he is now my go-to. Very good. It's it's, it's a huge advantage, you know, when pulling yeah. and throwing is your main main verb for battle. It's definitely an advantage. And yeah. last group I'm going to read from the Nintendo NES Super Group. Just going to read a few of these from Matthew Dodd. Played this game nonstop. It was my favorite Mario Brothers game. Cool. Uh, Nick Pledge much prefer Lost Levels to me. This is a poor man's Mario. Was okay, but nothing compared to the first Mario Three and World. How uh, could someone like Lost Levels more? I don't, I don't understand. Well, opinion I know. Well, <laughs> what do you think would have happened had Nintendo just said, "Okay, we're just going to release Lost Levels as Super Mario Brothers Two in the U.S." Would have been a disaster. Would have been a disaster. It would have been a complete and utter disaster. Yeah, yeah. It was mean. <laughs> the game well, yeah, is so I, mean. I first played it when I was when I got my Mario All Stars. I'm like, what is these lost levels? I'm like, this is terrible. And I didn't. And I never went back to it. Still to this yeah. day, I still have never went back to it. And I think you can't compare this to Mario Three and Mario World. I think Mario Three and Mario World, you can you can make an objective argument that they are better games. I think Mario World is the, is the best Mario well, game a ever made. System. And that's different, yeah. yeah, a different right, and that's different eras. You know, like Mario World, yeah, there is something to be said for the masterful level design and, and everything else. But Mario Two is again, I, I said this off, you know, in the green room. <laughs> if I'm gonna play. Um, if I'm if I want to pick up an eight bit Mario game, seven out of ten times I'm picking up Mario two, because it's just so fun and different than anything else that's out there on the system. Like we've said a, a number of times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can play Mario three, Mario World, Mario World two, yeah, whatever. Not Mario World two, but it's a different story. <laughs> Mario World's so good. Yeah, I mean, it's so I don't know. I I can see why people would like may not like this game as much because if you just don't like those mechanics, then yeah, there's not much here for you. But boy, I would recommend someone just give another try and just forget about the whole provenance and just play it as a game and yeah. experience it for yourself because there is a lot of fun to be had here. Here's a good one that you guys will like, I think. <laughs> From Juan Gutierrez, I loved it. The boss battles always hyped me up. Wart was a harder boss than Bowser and Super Mario Brothers and, and 3, and it had an actual ending. Picking your character was awesome, and who wasn't scared of Phantos when you stole his key? My favorite Mario NES for sure, and yes, we all know it's a reskin of Doki Doki Panic. But honestly, wasn't Super Mario Brothers 2 Japan just DLC? Really didn't innovate in anything. Right. Which is Agreed. not wrong. I mean, like, hey, had poison mushrooms, though, that don't even tell you right away and kill you. And even even <laughs> like the provenance of the, of Doki Doki, you know, there were Mario designers working on it, right? It was intended to be a Mario 2, but they decided not to. They were going to use it for this festival thing, and now they're going to bring it back. I mean, you have, you have Koji Kondo doing the, <laughs> the 
I mean, it's yeah. just, I don't know. There's such a, there's an all-star <laughs> group of Mario, uh, Mario people on this game. It's just like, I don't know. I like that this game is basically like the cocktail napkin of Mario designs. Like they scrawled a few things on it, like are trying different <laughs> things. Yeah. And it became a game because of the Fuji TV celebration thing, you know, like, and, and maybe it informed some of the design for Mario going forward. But yeah, I think, you know, it was done by the Mario team. <laughs> It has Mario characters in in the U.S. version. It's a Mario game. Oh yeah, I, it's completely a Mario game. I mean, I have made that comment. Oh, it's just a re when I was younger and being dumb. But no, it's a hundred percent a Mario game. It's just just because it was a reskin doesn't make it any different. I mean, it has the word it has the word Mario in the title, sir or ma'am. <laughs> yeah, it's what they what the Jesus. the people who created it published it and told us was Mario too. So it's Mario too. Uh, you know, people want to argue about dumb things, and they're more than welcome mm -hmm. to do so. True. And from Adam Adams, it's weird because of the onions and rockets and the set of pipes in his vases just didn't make sense with the other Marios and him being a plumber. I did like the slot machine in between levels. That's one of the best parts. Also, Mario, also Mario Brothers 2 is easy to beat. I disagree, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, it depends. I'm not good at them. Well, if you do warp zones, yeah, it's easy <laughs> to beat. If you're playing through the whole game, not so easy to beat. Yeah. And I think I will read one more and then. All right, here, we'll read this one. From Steve Somers, this is the first game I ever bought with my own money, aged about eight, I think. I love the music, the graphics, the variety of enemies, and the characters with their unique abilities. It took me a while to realize that in World 2 that you could dig the sand in the pyramids. Didn't, don't know why. I also remember one time I beat the first Fire Austral Birdle level in 2-2 using the Mushroom Blocks, and I got stuck between the three blocks somehow. I couldn't get out and had to reset. I've never managed to replicate that incident, though I'm never really sure why, why I tried to. Oh, yeah. I've had some buggy <laughs> stuff happen in Mario 2. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Of the, of the era. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I think that should bring us to shelf stacker box. A uh, shelf being something you really like, stack being something you, you like but not sure, and box being something you don't like. And Bill, why don't you go first? Yeah, this is an insta shelf. I actually have little Mario 2 characters in front of me. A little shy guy buddy sitting in front of me. Hey, hi there. I, he said this is an insta shelf. I mean, this is such a unique game in all the ways we've already discussed. I, I wrote an article about Mario 2 a couple of years ago for a Mario collab. It was for Mario Day. And in it, my my kind of my thesis statement was is if Mario is a family of games, Mario Two would would be like the cousin or the uncle that comes over, but who's not really related. But the uncle that you just <laughs> call him Uncle Uncle Mario, right? He goes to all the weddings, he goes to the bar mitzvahs, he's there every Christmas. You get a card. He may not be by blood, but he's a part of the family, and there's no question about it. And that's what Mario Two is for me, okay. as far as that goes. But it's just a wonderful game that's unique and. Uh, if you've if you've written it off for not being a Mario game, all joking aside, please give it a go. Just pretend it's called Jumpy Man Two, and you'll have a, a fine time. All right, I'll go next. This is going to go in the stack. I did enjoy it a lot more than I've ever enjoyed it before, but it's just not a game that it's not my favorite Mario game, or not a game that I just would really recommend to people. I guess so. I just come put it in the stack, but I'm really glad I finally went back and played it because I had a lot of fun this playthrough. Uh, how about you, CJ? Oh man, shell, no <laughs> doubt. Like. This is one of those games where I played it so much growing up that I can almost play it reflexively. Like I could almost do a blind, a blindfolded playthrough of this game. Like it's almost to that point. And part of it is just the repetition of having to do each level over and over again because, you know, limited game time back when we were younger and no saves, no way to do save states back in the NES days. <laughs> and I just have such great memories of every aspect of this game you know the pre-release like pouring over that nintendo power 
looking at the Fun Club News article on it, which only had two tiny pictures of the game. But uh, and then that Nickelodeon News show, which I wish I still had the tape of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like so many really good memories of this game and things related to this game all the way through finishing it and, you know, staring at that end screen uh, with Mario snoring just it's a very important game to me, even though Nintendo has not revisited the mechanics. I am hoping and praying that one day they will. And you never know with Nintendo, right? Because for the longest time, I thought they'd never revisit Luigi's Mansion. And look, we've got mm-hmm. two sequels to that game. So <laughs> you never know what yeah. will happen with Nintendo. They may revisit it in the future. I hope and I'm hoping every every time a Nintendo Direct gets announced, I hope this is you know this is the one. Maybe they'll revisit Mario Two in this one. I'm always disappointed. Maybe we'll get Justice for <laughs> Ward someday. But, uh, it uh, it remains one of my favorite games of all time. Okay, they really should make a remake of this game. I mean, just reskin yes. it again like Super Mario Brothers All Stars and make it prettier. But, yeah, a reimagine yeah, make a new one. Make a new one. Even, yeah, yeah. Even if, I'm going to throw this out there. Like, you know, they did the the Zelda sort of ne- Crypt of the Necrodancer version. They gave it to the other developer to do the oh, yeah. uh, Legend or the Hyrule version. They should basically, like, give this to the Celeste devs. Like, let them do Mario 2 with uh, with the sort of platforming that Celeste has or whatever. Like, you know, let them play in the sandbox of mechanics and release a sequel to Mario 2. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> I would love it. Would love it. That would be cool. And that thing that brings us to plugs. Uh, CJ, since you're our guest, why don't, well, where can people find you at? Well, on the internet, I'm on Twitter. My handle there is SuperPac. That's S-U-P-E-R-P-A-C. It is a reference to Super Pac-Man, which is one of my favorite arcade games. And uh, you can find me every week on the Player One Podcast. That's PlayerOnePodcast.com or P1 Podcast on Twitter. And then I also do, not recently, but I have been doing Second Player Podcast, which is interviews with video game podcasters about their shows. And that's at secondplayer.net. And Bill, where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at a gamer looks at 4040 on Twitter. The show is, as I said before, kind of a, hit, a retrospective of games as told through the stories of people who've lived it. It's really just a collection of stories and anecdotes and and yeah, trying to find the heart and soul of the of the medium as opposed to the nuts and bolts. Um, so got a really cool episode coming up in two weeks, which I'm really, really excited for. Essentially, it's the a few years ago, someone had beaten a Tetris. It was a Tetris competition for um, classic. I'm saying this very badly. You might want to cut <laughs> half of this out. I'm just muttering that by myself. Essentially, I, uh, I, I'm chatted with a, a Tetris master who defeated the best Tetris player in the world a couple of years ago. Um, Jonas Ackerlin, I think his name is. And so it's a really cool interview about his experience playing that game and, and, and climbing to the where he was able to defeat the best player in the world. So, um, yeah, lots of cool stuff like that. Uh, a gamer looks at 40. And if you have a story and you want to be on the show, I literally accept anybody. I don't care if you have a fancy <laughs> mic or you're talking through a tin can, whatever. If you can talk online, I'd love to have you on and hear some of your stories <laughs> and have you on the show. I've even had Mike on. Yeah. Mike's even been on this show. A bunch of episodes. A bunch of episodes. A gamer looks at 40. All right, and if you need more Mario, we've only done four Mario. This is only our fifth Mario episode on the show. We did Super Mario RPG episode 125, Super Mario World episode 84, Super Mario Land 1 and 2 episode 78, and Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island episode 35. So definitely go check those out. And please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and and Instagram. <laughs> I said it wrong, but we are on all those things. 
Want to give a shout out to our awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Health Hath Fury. And as I forgot to do these out of, completely out of order, I do want to say that next week we are, I should introduce what we're going to be talking about next week. We're going to be talking about Final Fantasy VI because this is episode 150. And I got to play talk about one of my favorite games of all time. So tune in for that. And I think that's every, and we have a Patreon. You can go vote in our Patreon for as little as a dollar. You can vote in the Christmas movie polls I mentioned at the top of the show. And I think that's everything I need to mention. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye.